Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. It is Danny Jizzle. And it's Jill Coleman. <laughs> and we, uh, after a spell of not saying who we were, we're back to uh, to uh, introducing ourselves. I'm back so. to saying who this is. Maybe one day we'll switch roles. Actually, the other day... How could we even do that? It would be opposite day? <laughs> yes. The other day I was messing with Jeff. I said, we should have a day where you be me for the day and I be you. <laughs> And so I was saying things I would do that were just kind of in jest at him. Then he was like kind of saying the things I would do. He's like, yeah, I'd ask you to make me coffee. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but the the game in theory sounded really fun. I was just laughing. But he was also like, then I would have to make the dishes and I'd take out the dog. And I was like, yeah, I do a lot of stuff around here. You'd be really tired of being I me I was going to say, day. I would never want to do the stuff that Keith does. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'd have to get my car washed, <laughs> get my oil changed. So I was messing with him. I was like, he's always constantly like, I got to get a call. I have a call right now. I was like, I just kept messing with him. I'm like, I'll be right back. I got to take a call. I'm like, I was like, oh, I got to talk to my friend, uh, some guy from high school I haven't talked to in 20 years. He just called. I got a call right now. Like, he is. He's a good communicator. He, he talks on the phone more than anyone I know. Yeah, for sure. We have to have a personality that likes talk on the phone. So, <laughs> so I thought it'd be a fun game. So I don't that know how I could be you for the day and you'd be me, but it could be funny. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but we are going to talk about we're we're in the Vegas studio. We are at my home. And I work from home, Joe works from home, and we wanted to talk about working from home. Someone messaged in. And asked, um, it's from Chanel, and she asked how to stay focused while working from home. Mm. Now, I know um, she's a client of mine, and uh, I'm sure she would be fine with me saying her name, because um, I think she listens to the podcast anyway. But she was, she's kind of not new to the space, maybe in the last couple of years. And I think for people who are new to the space, we saw a lot of people during lockdown really struggle with this. And I don't think it's because something's wrong with you. I don't think it's actually intuitive to know how to work from home. I think for a lot of people, they really struggle. It never was a struggle for me, but I think for a lot of people, it it can be for a lot of different reasons and want to talk about how to stay focused and how to actually get shit done and be productive in your home. And I think if anything, it's actually probably way harder to get stuff done here. So don't like blame yourself, but if you do work from home and you have to work from home, then you have to figure out your productivity system for Mm -hmm. sure. I think it's way harder to work from home um, because there's so many competing things that can get done, could get done. Distractions. If you have family home, they don't necessarily respect that you're working. I know this definitely happened during the pandemic. In fact, we just went to see our, one of our friends, Anastasia, and I remember she had to work from home, but her kids were also home and they were supposed to be going to school. So she's like, my kids are at school and I'm home, but I'm supposed to be doing telemedicine in the office and they're bugging me and wanting snacks and things. And I'm literally quote at work, but I'm at home. So they're not acting like I'm at work. And so I feel like this is a big thing where you don't necessarily have work hours. You don't have off hours. That was one of the things I really struggled with when I first started working full-time from home was you're never at work and you're never at home. You're just always doing all the things. And I would never have a time where I would shut off. I would just keep answering messages on the computer and they came in because I was there. I never, when I worked out of the home, like let's say in an office, I would clock out at five o'clock. I wouldn't log into that email. I didn't even access to my work email account. So I couldn't come home and just log on to Gmail because it was a literal work email on the work computers. So 
I think this is a great topic. And I also, I would love to hear Jill's strategies and I'm going to share some of mine as well. And some that I'm going to try implementing because to be honest, this is something I still struggle with. I'd like to say I don't, um, but there are times where I feel like the whole day goes by and I don't know what the hell I did. And I'm like, I think I did some work. I feel like I didn't stop working. And yet I look at the productivity and I'm like, I don't think I got anything done. So there's a difference between also working and getting things done and being productive. <laughs> Cause I think you could push papers around all day. You could feel really, you could busy. answer emails. You, you could, could just answer, keep, yes. you could keep refreshing your email and be like, Oh, there's someone I can respond yep. to. So it, it's definitely a difference between being busy yeah. and being productive. Mm-hmm. It's easy to be busy. Yeah. So we did just do an episode on boundaries and I think that's one, first of all, I think that's really important is to set, whether it's in your mind or in your household or whatever, what your kind of boundaries are around work from home, because there can be a tendency to burn out when you're always on or you're always checking. And that was one of the first things I did. And this was back in 2013 when I started working from home full time. One of the reasons was I moved uh, states and I was personal training before I left. And my husband and I had one car. And so I wasn't going to go work at a gym while he had the car. So I was like, well, I'm just going to go full time online. And I was kind of forced into it. So I would wake up and start checking emails right away. Never got showered, never got on my pajamas. He'd come home from work around 5.36 o'clock. I'd still be in my pajamas, still hadn't showered, and I was still on the computer. And this got to a point where I think he would kind of look at me like, what have you been doing all day? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, motherfucker, I've been busy all day. (laughs) But what he sees is, bitch hasn't even got out of her pajamas. Like, she's gross. She hasn't showered or brushed her teeth. And so one of the first things I had to start doing was setting like a quit time or a boundary around when I started and when I finished. And this is something I still do today. I do not, my phone is on airplane mode or it's not even airplane mode. I guess it's like on a focus mode until 8 a.m. at least, which now it's funny because I haven't even been waking up by eight. But before <laughs> uh, I wake up at like 8.15 now, so it should be more like 10 o'clock. But I don't even look at messages or phone before I like have coffee, before I kind of like at least wash my face and put in my contacts. Where before I would roll out of bed, still don't even have my contacts in. I start looking at my phone and start getting distracted by answering messages. And I didn't even get my teeth brushed or something. So now I, at the very least, get out of bed, wash my face, put in my contacts, brush my hair, brush my teeth, and put some clothes on before I ever even sit down to my computer. And that was a big piece of like having a start time. And then I don't necessarily have a time in the evening, but there is a time where I do go, okay, it's done. I'm like shutting off. I do usually try to get something accomplished before I shut off. Sometimes it's early. Sometimes I'm like done at three. Sometimes I'm done at seven, but I, there has to be a shutoff time because I cannot keep it going nonstop. And that was a big piece of at least, and it's not necessarily focus, but this is just some work from home strategies I think are important Mm -hmm. because it's very easy to constantly be on and feel like you never leave. The limit doesn't exist yeah. to how much time you, to how much you could do in your business, especially if you, and I know Chanel is an online coach and she does online programs and content creation and some of the stuff that we do. And the limit doesn't exist in terms of how much you can post, how much content you can create, right? Like, so you have to have an internal compass of like when enough is enough. And one of my favorite like mantras that I use and I, I share with my clients is at some point you have to pick your pace and make peace with it. At some point you have to pick your pace and make peace with that because you're, you could always feel behind, right? You look at anyone who started a year before you, I'm behind. Look at someone who started 10 years. Wow, I gotta, I gotta get, like, there's no shortage of ways to make yourself feel bad for not being productive. One of the, one great thing that 
one of my earliest business mentors, Alan Cosgrove said, he said, you know, so many people try to do so much, right? We all have had that example. We have the to-do list. It's like Monday morning, we're like, all right, all this stuff. And it's like a to-do list, like a hundred things on it. He said, you know what? If let's just say you just make a commitment to do three things a day, that's it. Just three things. He goes, by the end of the week, that's 21 things you just did. He's like, that's a lot of stuff. And it was just such that reframe, right? Because we would just go, well, three things isn't enough, right? Like, are you kidding me? So my first tip would be to drastically underestimate the amount of things you can do in a week and even in a day. And when I started doing that, ironically, I actually became way more productive mm. because I was like, okay, I should have these three things to do today or I have these two things. So I think the way that has worked for me is going, what three things do I do it per day? What three things do I have to do per week? And then what three things, or even one thing do I do per week? And then one thing I do per month. So for example, maybe your daily things are, I post on social, I go to my coaching groups and I do my coaching or I answer my client messages or emails. And I, you know, I don't know, maybe I do some stories or whatever, right? It's like three things. I check the box. These are daily things. These are three daily things. Then you go, what like one, two or three things? What's my big goal for this week. Like if I just got this one thing done, what would that be? And that's going to be something that's maybe a little bit like I email my list, right? Once a week I email my list for you and I, it's, we do two podcasts a week. That's a, that's a weekly thing for us. Maybe it's, I email my list. I record my podcast and I don't know, maybe it's, I, I work on a sales page or something. And then your monthly thing is I create a course, right? That's like a big project that you could do on like a Saturday and just go, you know what? I'm going to sit down for like five hours and just get and knock that out. So I'm very big on, um, looking at my calendar for the week and saying, if I just got this one thing done on this day, that would be great. So for example, like on Mondays, by the end of Monday, I want to have this one thing done. Now, if it, you get done at like noon and you're like, I have the most energy, I want to keep going, then go to your Tuesday task. But don't beat yourself up if you don't start your Tuesday task on Monday. So I think drastically underestimate the amount of things that you're going to get done in a week. And ironically, you get so much fucking more done because it's so much more manageable by the end of the week. And that would be, and then honestly, I'm a big fan of, I'm a big procrastinator, but one of the things that helps me more productive is putting myself on the hook publicly. Mm. So for example, if I know I'm going to deliver a webinar in a week, I'm probably not going to do the slides until like the day before the webinar or the day of even, but at least I know, okay, that's what I need to get done today. So like your deadlines dictate what you do. But it's, so I always find the hardest to work on are the things that are just, I'll get that done, whatever, right? It's an evergreen funnel or it's an email sequence, a nurture sequence I want to write or something that just takes a long time, like a website. If anyone's like done a website, sometimes you're like, fuck, I got to write that copy. It just feels huge. Pick one day a month and you're like, that's my working day. You're going to go to Starbucks. You're going to get away from your kids, your family, and you're going to be like, I'm going to be here for four hours. You will get so much fucking done, but don't stress about doing that big project like in little 15 minute increments throughout the week. That's just not going to work. It has to be like a big project day and then you'll get it done so much faster than if you try to work on a little bit every day. Like, all right, one email in the sequence every single day. You're just not going to do it. I agree. I work so similarly to you and I had a very similar experience, just a different mentor who did the same thing about the three things. And so I started creating a system for myself that every day it was like, what are the three things I'm going to get done? And I remember when I learned this at the time, I remember having this, uh, em- like the back of an envelope, I was writing my to-do list and I had 27 things on there and <laughs> there was 27 things. And by the end of the day, even though I had crossed off about five, I, at the end of the day, I had 29. So I just, it was growing, even though I was crossing things off. I'm like, this is not going anywhere. This motherfucker thinks I'm only going to do three. And I have like 20 plus to do. <laughs> 
do. So I was like, he's an idiot. But then as I was listening, I was going, wait a second, he's kind of right because I didn't even get the the three main things that I needed done because I got all the other little things like the oil changed and this kind of these little tasks that took that took precedence over the things that were really important. So what I learned was not just the three things, but what are the three priority needle moving things that need to get done? Because the other things will either not get done or they don't matter as much or they can get done by someone else. So that was a big, big, big shift. The other piece was the monthly. So, and I I used to teach this webinar and I have a recording of it. And actually, if you join the Best Life Podcast group, we ask for your email so you might, so you can get this. If you want it, you can DM me um, or you can join the Best Life Podcast group if you go to our website and it asks for your email and we send it to you. But it's a webinar I did. It's a priorities webinar and it's really about planning. And I would ask myself the question and you literally just said it. What if by the end of the month, if I just needed to get this one thing done, what would it be? And because there were so many times where I needed to get this one thing done and I looked at the end of the month, I'm like, I didn't do that one thing. It was just the one thing and then it would go next month, next month because a bunch of little things came up. So I'm like, if I could just finish this one thing by the end of the month, what would it be? And then have that on my calendar. I like the one week thing. It's mental compartmentalization yeah. too, right? So if I'm yeah. like, okay, I know I have to like record that webinar and I know that's gonna take, I need to do slides, whatever. Don't, like when you just put it on your calendar, like I literally go and look at my calendar. I'm like, okay, Sunday the 16th is when I'm doing it. Yeah. When you mark off the time on your calendar, then you actually just compartmentalize it. You're like, I don't even need to think about that until the 16th and it opens up so much more brain space for the other stuff. Yeah. And then the deadlines, I think that's it. It's like having deadlines and making yourself get it done by that deadline. Because for me, if it's can just get done whenever, it's not gonna get done or it's gonna get done whenever. And then suddenly two years later, that shit still isn't done. And you're like, do I still want to do it? You know? So I think that prioritization, making things not too uh, big, not too many things. The other thing that I, something I'm going to do more often that I just did recently was setting timers. So I have a really hard time focusing if I want to, if I want to get something done, but I'm not really into it, I find a really easy way to start scrolling or get distracted by email or do 20 other things except the one thing I'm supposed to do, right? Like that's when you start cleaning the house, when you're supposed to write the sales page. You're like, oh, I got to do the dishes and then I'll write the sales page. Oh, I got to vacuum the floor and then I'll do the sales page. So it's very easy for me to find a lot of other distractions when I'm avoiding the one thing I need to do. So this last week I went to speak at an event um, and I had a two hour presentation to put together and to sit down and type out and write out two hours of what I'm going to say and slides and all of that. It was just felt very overwhelming. I sat down a million times before and suddenly it was like the night before I'm like, I got to get this done. And so I put on my timer 20 minutes. I'm like, I'm going to just give myself 20 minutes. Phone slipped over. Can't look at it. Can't do anything but 20 minutes of just straight typing. And then when the timer went off, give myself like a 10 minute break. And so I actually did this multiple times. I actually did it for 40 minutes first, and that was a little too long. Then I did 30 minutes, and then I did like a 10-minute break. And then I would let myself scroll for 10 minutes, and then when the timer went off, I went back to my writing. And a couple of times I was in a good flow, and the timer went off, and I just hit snooze, and I just kept going because I didn't want to stop. I was in a good rhythm. But for me, as someone who has a hard time focusing and has a really easy time to find a million other things, knowing I had a timer and just this set time, helped me stay really focused. And then I was like, okay, I get this break. And then I can do all the scrolling and see what I quote missed in the whole 20 minutes. I wasn't paying attention. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, a strategy that can help with focus. I think that's also one of the reasons why going to a job helps because you know that you're only there for 
however many hours you're at work and then you get to go home. And so you have to get it done by the end of day because you're not going to bring it home with you after the end of the day. So making yourself have these little fake deadlines or these little kind of fake outs, you got to trick yourself, but it, it really helps and it can work. So for me setting timers, I'm going to start using more often. It worked really well. And when I'm overwhelmed with bigger projects, I have to break things down into chunks and, and break them into little time, you know, little time segments. And that was really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. I've used that before with like tasks that were like, um, and I got this from my, one of my first, uh, mentors, Rachel Cosgrove. She's like, she's like, know what your hourly rate is. And if you have to do something like, for example, she was writing for women's health at one point and her hourly rate was $500. And women's health would say, okay, we want you to write this article, but we only have a thousand dollars to give you. Is that cool? And she's like, yeah. And she would start time for two hours. And mm. literally she would just take two hours because that was her hourly rate. And then she'd wrap it up. Like if it got to two hours, she, she'd wrap it up, which I think is really cool. You know, one of the things I also want to remind, because I, if you're listening to this and you're just working from home, but you still have to work 40 hours, that's a little different than someone like Danny and I, who it doesn't really matter how many or how few hours we work as long as the job gets done. So for example, one of the things you might consider if you are someone who has to work from home, but you have to work specific hours, like, hey, you have to be at your computer from nine to five, or you have to be like available nine to five, you have to work nine to five, but you're just at home, then you probably need to have like a closed door policy or something for your family and friends, right? Where are your family members or your spouse or whatever, where like if the door is closed, I'm working. If it's open, then I'm available for what are we having for dinner and those kind of conversations. You know, I found that especially with, we just created, we had a second bedroom, we just turned it into an office and like just even having that little physical separation from Keith has gotten me way more productive because he'll like, otherwise if I'm sitting in the kitchen doing work, he thinks it's open time for any sort of conversation, not his fault, but like even having like a little bit of a physical barrier or like a physical space can actually make you more productive. And so realize, but if you are someone who like Danny and I, you're an online business owner or you're an entrepreneur and you don't have to sit at a desk for 40 hours, realize that you don't have to sit at a desk for 40 hours. Like you could be done with work by noon. You can choose whatever hours. I usually work like on average 11 to five. Like those are my hours pretty much. You know, it doesn't mean I don't work outside. That doesn't even mean that I work always six hours, yeah. right? If I'm done by three, I'm like, I'm good to go. Or if I have something else planned, but realize don't try and treat entrepreneurship like a job. You don't have to sit there for 40 hours to be productive. In fact, you could probably get a lot more done in a lot less time if you just figured out what the big dial movers were that need to get done. So try not to treat it like a job. It's okay to be done in three hours. It's okay to be done in two hours. Okay to be done for the day in six hours. Like my mentor, I asked her, I was like, how many hours a week do you, how many hours a day do you work? He said one. And this is someone who has a $12 million online business. Yeah. Works one hour a day. Y'all, it can work, but you have to be productive, right? That's the difference between busy and productive. So good. You don't have to treat it like a job. You don't have to sit there just to sit there. I mean, there's been so many times where I've spent hours behind the computer and nothing got done. And I'm like, I don't know what I was doing. I could have, I should have, and could have gotten up, taken a walk, gone to the gym, done something else because I wasn't getting anything done sitting there and thinking I would get something done if I sat there. It just, it wasn't the case. So sometimes you just have to get up. The other piece, I love that you said the barrier. Um, Mm -hmm. Because my partner and I both work from home and there are times where I come down and work in the kitchen and he'll be on the couch and then I start talking and it's, and he's like, yo, I'm trying to work. I'm like, sorry, sorry. (laughs) So we have, I have kind of an office in the bedroom and he has another office. And so one of us or the other might message, Hey, uh, I'm going up to record or I'm going upstairs on a call. Like basically 
FYI, don't bug me for a little while. Or if the office door is closed, I'm assuming he's in meetings and can't be bothered. And so I'm not going to go in there or ask. So I think it is, it is important, especially if you work from home and families around their home, kids are home. It's like, it can be really easy. Like, like we said about during the pandemic, when the kids were home and the mom was working from home, it just feels like, oh, she's here. We get to do whatever, but you need to empower them. We did an episode on boundaries, empower them to be able to make decisions so they don't have to ask mom what to do all the time and they'll figure it out. And then also make sure that you are in a space where you don't keep getting interrupted. And you're like, what is this? I can't build my business because my kids are ruining my life, you know? So I think boundaries are really important. I think might, that might be a physical boundary. And also sometimes you might just need to get out. Like you might need to rent an office space or go to a coffee shop or something like that. I find, I've found when I lived in California, and I had a much smaller space and I didn't have extra rooms to have an office, I would very often go to a coffee shop. And it's funny, I read this post by Craig Ballantyne. He said, coffee shops were the biggest scams of productivity. And this whole post was about people always say they're more productive, but they're not. And and research shows that there isn't. But I disagree with him. And I feel like maybe a lot of people with, uh, maybe people with ADHD or something, I don't know. But I think for me, I get more productive because in my mind, it's almost like a gym. Like I get a better workout at a gym with people because I almost feel like I'm competing against them. And like I'd be on a treadmill and look at someone next to me. I'm like, okay, I can run faster or go longer. (laughs) And I just get more energy from working out around people. Some people love working out at home and they prefer it that way. I like being at a gym around others. When I am at a coffee shop, I feel the same. I feel like if I'm sitting at a table and kind of hogging space and there's other people around, Mm -hmm. then I need to try to work fast and focus and get stuff done. And for some reason, being around people helps me get more focused and get more done than at the house where I get distracted, bored, looking for stimulation. So you have to know yourself. I think that coffee shop work can be really beneficial for some people. And I think it can be a distraction for other people. So for me, it's... I can get a lot more done. And, and I also may know, like, I'm not going to be here all day. I'm not going to yeah. sit at a coffee shop because I'm going to feel weird if the workers are like, she came here at nine and it's like 9 p.m. Like, hey, we're closing. <laughs> but at home, I might sit there from nine to totally. nine and not get much done. So I get to get a lot more done. So I get out of there and then I could put my computer away and then feel like I have some kind of space. That's exactly what I was going to say mm-hmm. is I actually like the coffee shop for the same reason. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be here all day. Yeah. You know, like I'm like, okay, two, three hours max, like yep. let's get it done and then wrap it up, close the computer for the day. Mm-hmm. That's usually my motivation is like, I'm yeah. just going to get this thing done. And I used to, and now I think my computer like runs out of charge faster, but I used to just not bring my power cord until, yeah. and I would just be like, cool, I'm just going to come in with my computer and I'm going to work until it dies. <laughs> I love that. And that was pretty much it. That's like kind of my boundary. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I've done that before too. Too. And then at some point, and this is my phone's there now, it's getting to the place where it just dies in you know, an hour. <laughs> but when you get a brand new phone, it lasts all day. You're like, how did this work? Yeah. But I think that's a good one. It's like this race against the clock. It's kind of competing and same kind of idea as the timer is you're racing against the clock to get stuff done. And whatever brain tricks you have to do, like sometimes we have to just trick our brain. Some people work really well with music. Some people work well with silence. I think sometimes I need a little background sound or something going on. I can't do shows or TV. Like I think Jeff could do TV, but I start focusing on the story and then I'm like, I can't focus on my work because now I want to know what's happening. But some, some kind of coffee shop music or something like that can sometimes be helpful for me. So just knowing yourself knowing what is distraction to and what's not distraction. Shalene Johnson, we had her on the show in 2019. And I remember I went to one of her events and she said, whatever her, her housekeeper's name was, she said, so-and-so made me a million dollars. 
And she just told the story about how she would work from home, but then every time she sat down to work, she would get up and start cleaning the dishes and mopping the floor and vacuuming. And she was like, I, there was always something I needed to do before I felt like I could sit down because sometimes we're distracted by the mess in our house. So the, she finally hired a housekeeper and when she hired a housekeeper, she didn't have all these little things that she needed to do and get done. And she said, that woman helped make us a million dollars because I was able to finally sit down and get the work I needed to get done. And that's a big deal for me. I will say I spend a lot of time in the morning doing freaking dishes and putting things away. And that's probably a good hour of my day between morning and night that is wasted on, I could be being productive, but my mind won't let me not do it. Mm -hmm. And there's been times I've been like, if I could find someone who would just come in for two hours a day and just do little tasks that didn't have to drive, I would probably do that. And it's definitely something on my mind at some point, but it's like, you have to decide, or I have to get over it and not let it get done, Mm -hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, let it bother me or don't work in the kitchen or leave the house. Like you just have to figure out what are these things that are going to help you. Maybe it is hiring help to do those things you don't want to do. Maybe it's leaving. Maybe it's getting another room so you don't see the mess, but you got to figure out something. Otherwise you're going to keep running up against the same distractions over and over and Mm -hmm. never get your stuff done. Mm -hmm. Those are so good. Just like really tactical things too. You know, I think I just want to validate that this is a real, this is like real, this is actually, I've heard this quite a bit and I think that it's not, especially if you came from somewhere where like, I know when we were personal training, our day just started when our first client came in, Mm -hmm. right? So like we always had these sort of anchors in our day. So like now if you wake up and you have nothing on your calendar, you're like, when do I start work? When do I stop work? Right? So it's not like you're going to a job. You have to be at a desk by 9am. You're like, okay, then, then it will start. It's like built in. It gives you built in parameters. You don't have that at home. So I just want to validate that this is like a really normal struggle. I think don't judge it as you're starting to like that. You're going through that, those buffer phases of like, how can I make this work for myself? And at the end of the day, it also might be okay. Like Danny said, if you're just not you don't want to work at home. Like that's just not your best work. You, but then you need to figure out, am I going to be in a co-working space? And then if I am, what's my drop dead time? I need to be at the co-working space by noon every day. I need to be at the co-working space by 10 every day. Like you need to make some, put some parameters in place for yourself. If you're going to go to coffee shops or co-working or whatever to get out of your space. So I think this is a great question. I think a lot of people, I kind of take it for granted. You and I have been doing this for such a long time that we sort of worked out the kinks early on. Um, I think, but at the end of the day, the big productivity tool is really just not making yourself do a million things. I think putting yourself, like allowing yourself to do less, you actually get more done. And then also just realizing that you're in this like sort of buffer phase where you're trying to figure it out. Don't judge yourself. And then just understand more about how you work as a person and, and really do, digging into that. So thanks for the question. I think it was a good one. Do you have anything else to add? No. Well, the last thing I was going to say too, because we are doing this right now, Jill and I are batch recording. We're recording episodes back to back to back. And I think it just kind of adds to your point of not doing too many things. I think that sometimes, and I would get caught in this trap of content creation every single day. And I'm like, oh, it takes me an hour to do a post takes me an hour to think about what I'm going to post. And so every single day was this, like, I have to drag through. And then I started just making like a word document of, or like notes uh, on my phone of content that might pop in my head. And I'm like, oh, I could do this later. And I make a whole list of things I wanted to talk about. And then if I was able to do batch recording of content or batch writing of content. So being able to chunk things together too can be really helpful if you find yourself struggling on something that needs to be done daily, but the brain power that it takes 
daily is a lot. So again, it just goes back to knowing yourself, how you work and kind of breaking things down and doing, doing less instead yeah. of doing more. Yeah. So I love it. So good. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for listening. And if you have not left us a review, we would really appreciate that. Just go to wherever you listen to podcasts and go ahead and give us a five-star review and then leave a couple sentences about what you love about the podcast, what you get out of it. And I don't know, people are like, I can't wait for this to come out, which really made me feel pretty good. People are like, I always look for new episodes. We got you guys every Wednesday and Friday. Thank you guys for your time and attention. As always, it just really um, means a lot to us because we know you could be listening to anything and you choose to be here. So thank y'all. Have a good rest of your week. I'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.